Discourse Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Essen, and tonight, because of social distancing, I'm joined by nobody. That's right, we're going to go solo tonight, which I'm guessing is going to be kind of a disaster. So if I'm your least favorite discourser, this might be a good episode to skip. First of all, before we go any further, I just want to say I hope all of our listeners out there are healthy and staying safe and uh, doing the best they can during this difficult time. Uh, we here at Rampant Discourse have tried to do our best in our own tiny little way to try and keep people entertained by putting out some some podcasts and articles on RampantDiscourse.com, where Travis has laid out some important board game recommendations for maybe families to play. A bunch of us are big gaming fans, so hopefully you all enjoyed some of those recommendations. It's been difficult coming up with material lately, both because we are separated and it's a little bit harder to record these podcasts when we're apart, but also because life has kind of ground to a halt. Uh, One of our common topics that we cover is politics, and you don't hear a lot about the election anymore. Joe Biden has kind of wrapped up the Democratic uh, primary, even though Bernie Sanders has yet to concede. But everything is pretty much about the economy and coronavirus, COVID-19. And even though we recorded a podcast on coronavirus, I think Andrew and I would both be the first to admit that we are not doctors and far, far, far from experts in any way, shape, or form. And so it's been a bit of a struggle to, to come up with topics to talk about that would be relevant to what's going on right now. However, there is one thing going on that I think that I can speak with some knowledge on, and that's what's been going on with the market. We went from one of the longest bull markets in history to one of the severest downturns in U.S. stock market history based on the speed and magnitude of the drop. Uh, Obviously, much of it has to do with coronavirus and the pretty severe steps that the country has taken to try and flatten the curve and prevent the number of fatalities in the country. But some of it also has to do with uh, an oil war between Saudi Arabia and Russia in terms of dropping the price of oil worldwide, which has also shocked markets. The market has been pretty volatile lately, so it's I'm going to try to avoid using specific numbers, but we've seen a pretty severe downturn in the S&P 500, the Dow, the NASDAQ, and additionally, there have been some pretty staggering unemployment numbers recently. Uh, it's probably pretty safe to say that we're in an economic recession right now, and a lot of people who know me have asked what I've been doing in terms of my investments. For those who aren't aware, uh, I do invest in individual stocks. Uh, there is a sister site called Paul vs. the Market, P-A-U-L-V-S-T-H-E-M-A-R-K-E-T.com, uh, where I lay out my thoughts on investing. I invest in individual companies. Um, my retirement funds are split evenly, half between index funds and half between individual companies a way to hedge my bets. And uh, people have been asking me what I've been doing during this time. Uh, Have I been selling stocks? Have I been buying? And I I thought maybe that would be a good topic to talk about for this episode. But first, I want to take a step back and and explain why I invest, because I know that for a lot of people out there, 
they don't trust the market and they don't invest at all and they prefer to keep their money in savings accounts or CDs. The reason I invest is because I believe that the stock market is the best generator of wealth available to us. I'm 39 years old. I have 20 plus years left until I retire. Uh, the stock market historically has never had a 20 year period where it has lost money, where it's been down. Now, there's always the old adage that past uh, performance is no indicator of future results. And that's certainly true. It is absolutely no guarantee. But it's also about the only thing we have to go off of. And history indicates that with a long-term time horizon, uh, the stock market is a relatively safe investment. And it provides, history also says it provides superior returns to bonds, to treasuries, to savings accounts, to CDs, to pretty much everything else, including gold and real estate. And that's why I invest in the stock market. Uh, I'm sure I'm influenced a great deal by the fact that I previously worked at The Motley Fool. And uh, certainly the foolish investing philosophy has rubbed off on me a great deal. Um, I do not invest to get rich quick. I invest to get rich slowly. Uh, I am not a day trader. Penny stocks don't interest me. I am not a quantitative trader. I don't look at charts or trends. I don't use options. My main goal is to try to find quality companies that I think over the long term will be winners and to invest in them for a long time. I Pretty much every investment I make is one that I intend to hold for many, many years and not just up until the next earnings report, hoping that they'll beat their numbers or that some short-term catalyst will propel them. To me, eliminating timing as a factor in my investing makes it easier. I don't have to be right next week or next month. I just have to be right eventually, three or four, five years down the line. And that makes it easier for me. I can't, I can't tell you if Amazon or Tesla or Square is going to beat their numbers next quarter. And frankly, I don't particularly care. What matters to me is if those companies are going to be much larger and more successful over the long term, which is my investing horizon. I don't try and time the market. Uh, I've been investing for over 15 years, and I've been investing, I was investing during the great financial crisis, during 2008 and 2009. And I remember in the aftermath, repeatedly, the experts were telling us, well, this, this recovery has gone on too long, and it's, it's gone too fast. And it's only a matter of time before we have another crash. The Federal Reserve is pumping too much money, quantitative easing, hyperinflation. And if I had listened to any of those pretty legitimate and smart analyses, I would have missed out on a lot of gains. Uh, there's a saying that more money has been lost anticipating the next downturn than is lost in the next downturn. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think timing is a fool's errand, and I 
say that with a lowercase f for any capital F fools who are listening. I think it's incredibly difficult, and I have not been able to find anybody who can consistently time the market. It's easy to try and time the market and get it right once. A stop clock can be right twice a day. But how many times are people wrong about timing the market and how much money is lost with those mistakes? And that's why I remain fully invested at all times. All my, I don't keep any money in cash in terms of my retirement funds. It's all invested, which makes it a little difficult during times like these when prices go down and there are a lot of very enticing opportunities out there and I have no cash available to invest. And let me back up and say, that doesn't mean I don't have an emergency fund. I'm talking strictly in my retirement fund here. It's very important to keep an emergency fund for unexpected expenses that come up. Because I'm a long-term investor, one of the key principles is that money that I put into the market, I intend to keep there for a long period of time, which means I need to be willing to keep it there for a long period of time. It cannot be money that I'm going to need in the next couple months to pay rent or that I might need to withdraw to pay for an unexpected medical bill or for an unexpected car repair. That's why an emergency fund is so critical if you're to invest in the market the way that I do. Before we go any further, I just want to say none of this should necessarily be taken as any advice or proposal anybody out there. This is strictly my own approach to investing. It's my thoughts on what I have been doing with the current pullback and investing in the market and dealing with the volatility in the stock market. I don't know your specific situation and I am not a certified financial planner. So my reaction to the current pullback has been relatively boring. I sold one position that I had, pretty much nothing to do with the actual pullback. It was just a position I had less conviction in, and I wanted to deploy those funds to another newer idea that I had more conviction in. So I've made one sell and one buy. Other than that, my retirement portfolio has remained pretty much unchanged during this entire time. The one area that I have made a change, however, is that it's twofold. I increased my 401k contribution slightly to take advantage of these lower prices because it should be noted that right now I am in the buying period of my life. I am a net buyer of stocks. I am not planning on selling stocks at any point unless I'm to use those proceeds to buy stocks. In theory, I want stock prices to remain depressed for the next 20 years until I'm ready to retire or at least ready to start selling stocks. Selling stocks. Not selling socks. Selling stocks. And, and that's when I want stock prices to go up. Any rate rise in stock prices between now and then, it's an increase in paper wealth, but that's all it is, is paper wealth. It's meaningless until it comes time to actually start selling those positions and liquidating them for money. 
And so while it hurts to see tens of thousands of dollars evaporate in the spreadsheets that I use to track my investments, I, I know that that was all paper money. And this is actually a good thing because it means I can buy more shares for the same price. Stocks are on sale. And for anybody out there who hasn't invested yet or is just starting to invest and might be spooked, I, I hope that they can see that this is not a scary opportunity at all, but a great opportunity. If you have 20 plus years until retirement, if you're my age or younger and just getting started, this is a golden opportunity. It should be seen as a sale, not as something frightening. It's odd that stocks are one of the few things that people see a sale on and get afraid to buy, as opposed to usually, you know, you see a TV for 30% off and you're like, wow, that's, a, that's great. It's a lower price. Why aren't we the same way with stocks? The second move I've made is that I had a, a CD ladder set up. And for those who aren't aware, a CD is a certificate of deposit. Generally, it's like a savings account with higher returns and more restrictions is one way to think about it. You buy a CD with a certain set amount of funds and that CD has a time frame where you pretty much agree not to pull out the money and in return you're given a slightly higher return. So maybe a savings account is giving you 1% return on your money. A CD might give you 2%, but you have to agree to keep your money in it for the whole 12 months or 15 months or 18 months, or maybe even more. And so a common strategy to get around that inflexibility and maintain some liquidity is to set up something called a CD ladder. So if you have $10,000 that you want to get a higher return than simply putting into a savings account, which is getting you probably less than 1%, you might put 2000 in a CD, a 12-month CD, and then a couple months later put another 2000 in a 12-month CD, and then a couple months later put another 2000 in a 12-month CD. And therefore, even though all those $2,000 are put in a 12-month CD, they're staggered in such a way that every few months you have one of those CDs maturing and can get access to a portion of those funds should the need arise. And so recently, I've been putting a portion of my emergency fund into a CD ladder to try and get some return more than an online savings account has been providing me. As those CDs have been maturing lately, instead of rolling them over into a new CD, which thanks to the Federal Reserve's actions, the, a, the APR on those CDs are now much lower than they were in the past, I've been using those funds to buy additional stocks outside of my retirement fund because not because I think this is a bottom because I don't try and time these things. I don't try and call bottoms. We could certainly go down much more from here. 2008, 2009, it took many, many months of drops before we finally reached the bottom. That could happen here too. There's no telling how long this can last. I'm putting money in 
because I see companies, good companies, amazing companies that are on sale. And a couple months ago, I would have loved to have bought shares of these companies at these prices. And I see no reason to think otherwise now. Yes, some of them face pretty severe short-term headwinds. Some of them are going to have really bad quarters the next couple quarters. But over the long term, three, four, five years from now, assuming we're not living in a Mad Max world or some post-apocalyptic wasteland, I feel pretty confident that these companies are not only going to survive, but are going to thrive. So what are some of the stocks that I've bought with those funds that I sold from my CD ladder? One example is Disney. They're going to have some pretty horrendous quarters coming up because their theme parks, which provide a lot of revenue and a lot of profit, are completely shut down. And their movie studios, which also provide a lot of revenue and a lot of profit, nobody's going to movies. So that's going to drop a tremendous amount as well. However, once things open back up, those theme parks are going to be just as popular, if not more so, than before. And they're going to have a killer slate of movies to throw out there. Extra gravy on it, Disney Plus is getting probably getting a big boost with a lot of parents and their kids stuck at home. Another example is Redfin. Redfin is a company I really love, and it's completely understandable why they've dropped over 50%, I believe, from their recent 52-week high. It's because the real estate market is possibly going to get crushed here. There are a lot of people who might be struggling to make their payments. There might be some turmoil in the real estate market, and people just can't go out and go home shopping right now. Who wants to go house shopping when a lot of people have lost their jobs? Maybe other people are jobs are uncertain. So they will clearly have some very difficult next couple months and next couple earnings reports. However, I think they are one of the best positioned companies to take advantage of the rebound that I'm guessing will inevitably occur once all this is over. They have set up a very robust system of virtual tours, allowing people to tour houses without ever having to leave their own home, having an all-digital closing process that can be handled the majority, if not entirely, through Redfin itself. And they're also making sure to try and keep as many agents on the payroll as possible to try and take care of their own employees so that when things turn around, they'll be able to hit the ground running and take advantage of presumably some pent-up demand for home buying and selling. And lastly, Square is another company that it's completely understandable why it's getting crushed in this current pullback. Square services a lot of small and mid-sized businesses, and a lot of those small and mid-sized businesses are having a very tough time right now. However, Square also has the very popular Cash App, which is, for those who aren't aware, it's kind of a combination of Venmo and Robinhood, and it's even being considered as a possibility for getting some of the stimulus funds out to people. It's commonly seen as a way for some of the unbanked and underbanked people in America to have an efficient way to send money to other people to invest 
or to pay without having to use cash. And it's entirely possible that with all these concerns with coronavirus and how long it can survive on cash and other objects, cash might fall increasingly out of favor. And credit cards, possibly not the cleanest either. So might digital wallets fill in the void? I think it's entirely possible. So those are three companies that I've been buying with some of the funds that I've sold from my CDs. So I know I've been kind of all over the place with this episode, and I apologize. Recording a podcast on your own is tough. And I knew it was going to be tough, and it was even harder than I expected. So let me just try to condense my thoughts into a few key points. One is that it's scary to see a lot of the headlines out there. And it's certainly understandable to be concerned if you're looking at your 401k statements and seeing a lot of losses, a lot of red ink. And I'm absolutely not saying that we've reached the bottom or that it can't get worse. But I do believe personally that the best thing to do is to hold right now, to not panic. If And I personally, not only am I holding, I am trying to put more money into the market. Not bec- Again, not because I think it's the bottom, but because I see, I see deals in the market. And if it continues to drop, then as those CDs continue to mature, I'll keep on investing more in the market. And eventually we will bottom, and there will be recovery. And I'm, I'm very confident, as confident as I can be in terms of investing, that 10 plus years from now, I will be very happy that I put the money that I did into the market. That's the main point that I want to get across. I don't want people to make the mistake of writing off the stock market and selling low. The point is to, to buy low and sell high. It's not to buy high and sell low. This, again, maybe not the bottom, but this is one of the lows. If you're selling now, you're pretty much selling low. I think that's enough incoherent rambling for tonight. I hope you enjoyed this. If you want to read more of my thoughts on investing or see my entire portfolio, you can check out paulversetomarket.com. And uh, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, please leave us some reviews or check us out at rampantdiscourse.com at discord.io slash rampantdiscourse. You can join in the discourse there and leave some feedback, or you can follow us on Twitter at rampantdisc, or on Facebook. We have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash rampantdiscourse. Thanks for listening. I hope you all stay safe, and don't panic. You can't stop the discourse.